Oh my god. What am I doing? Hello, thank you for joining me today on Just Thinking Out Loud. My name is Desiree. I have a pretty long video for you, so get settled in. I think you'll find it very informative. I learned a lot from doing it and I found it very engaging to read up on the topic. I came across an interesting study a few months ago. I've been wanting to discuss it ever since. It was a comparison between the trajectories of Jamaica and Barbados and their economies. These economists were rebutting the idea that the economic performance of one country was due to the type of institutions and infrastructure that it has. So countries that are well off tend to have well-established property rights with varying degrees of state intervention. And that was contrasted with places that relied on central planning, aka communism. These two islands were appropriate because both were former British colonies and had similar social institutions, infrastructure, and systems of governance in place. These were the Westminster Parliamentary Democracy, constitutional protection of property rights, and legal systems rooted in English common law. By the way, one of the first things noted was that these countries that had colonial rule, because of the leftover structure, all fared better than those that had not been colonies, or where the colonizers did not place strong emphasis on property rights. I bring this up because many people do not want to accept this, how colonization sometimes has had positive impacts on long-run economic development. Both Jamaica and Barbados also had a large African descendant population after independence. So that's why they are similar, but they went down different paths. They compared the time period from between about 1960 to 2002. Jamaica became independent in 1962 and Barbados in 1966, where Barbados's GDP per capita grew about three times as fast as that of Jamaica. Now they attributed this to a difference in macroeconomic policy, particularly fiscal conservatism on the part of Barbados. After independence, Jamaica was led by the JLP and experienced economic growth. However, due to rising social tension, including rising unemployment and income inequality, the people caved in. These social problems were caused by strong unions that prevented wages from decreasing and adjusting to the excess labor that was being released from the agricultural sector, since this was no longer as competitive in price to attract workers with the strong growth in the tourism and bauxite sectors. So even though the economy was booming, it had a negative effect on other sectors. I had a hard time understanding this concept and assumed that they meant it was not as competitive the agricultural sector in terms of payment for labor. They use the term Dutch disease, which you should look up to understand more what was happening since the bauxite and tourism industries were growing so fast. So due to these social concerns, the PNP was elected with the promise of social justice and self-reliance what is termed as democratic socialism. There was income redistribution, nationalization of private companies, job creation and housing plans, import tariffs, food subsidies for basic items, and policies that caused international investment to basically say, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye. They particularly focused on the 1970s and the gas crisis, noting that both countries experienced the same external shocks and that Barbados held to their fiscal conservatism even when there were riots in the streets, while Jamaica went on a budget surplus. To go into a bit more detail, I love this line from the paper. Whatever merits the PNP's economic program may have had, it was expensive. They paid for most of this by borrowing from the Bank of Jamaica. This led to inflation and by 1980, inflation was at 27% per year. So now the people feeling these effects voted the PNP out, 
Big emphasis here on the word voted again. The common thing was to blame what was happening on outside events, particularly the oil price shock of 1973. But when compared to Barbados, there's a different story. Barbados also experienced inflation, but they avoided nationalization and limited government spending, even though they also borrowed from their national bank. They also approached IMF, but they did not devalue their currency because they had pegged their currency to the US dollar, and that was really important to them. But to do this, they had to negotiate with employers, unions, and workers, and ultimately, they got them to cut wages by about 9% and not increase them until there was an associated increase in productivity. There was also discussion about future price increases being limited by firms. I'm not sure what they meant by firms, I believe they meant private companies that deliver products and they hire people to work. They faced a lot of resistance, especially with the wage cuts all the way up to the Privy Council, but they were able to come to an agreement with the people. So the authors conclude that by doing this, they in essence devalued their currency since they cut real wages, but this restored external competitiveness and profitability without creating an inflationary spiral. And then the economy recovered quickly, with GDP growing by about 3% per year from 1975 to 2002. They also noted that currency devaluation was something the IMF suggested in order to stimulate production and return the economy to full employment. I give this a big thumbs down based on what happened in Jamaica. Now, could Jamaica have done the same thing? Because ultimately, the government had to win over the people. Notice that I am not trying to paint the economy or the IMF or whatever as big, bad, evil, some big, bad, evil force, but noting that these things were voted for. So, Jamaica have problem? Well, here's the big secret. I want to vote feeds. So sometime after that, I came across another article which made me want to make this video all over again. I will just give the first few lines in order to give you an idea of the paper. The imposition of structural adjustment programs in the third world since the 1970s has been characterized as a war against the poor, a process of neo-recolonization. This statement is particularly applicable to the country of Jamaica. The island has been susceptible to a variety of neocolonial acts, including the presence of multinational corporations, structural readjustment programs, and the loan organizations that have sucked Jamaica's economy dry. <laughs> this neocolonial presence has devastated the population in more ways than one. It is apparent that the neocolonialism has had and continues to have a large impact on society. As a whole in Jamaica. This influence will be shown by presenting a historical portrayal, forms of neocolonialism in the country, and attempts to resist such domination. So basically, it blamed current affairs on the legacy of slavery and colonization. They focused a lot on pain and suffering and on fairness and the soul of people, rather than the result of tangible actions and their measured outcomes. They talked about musical resistance. I'm actually a big fan of that, but it's not a concrete solution to anything. They also talk about the economy only through a lens of exploitation. So instead of the bauxite industry giving jobs to people who needed it, they did not provide benefits to the workers in the ways the author thought were fitting. Bear in mind the discussion about wages and unions and differences between Jamaica and Barbados I was just talking about. They also termed US capitalists as neo-colonial forces. Also bear in mind here the manly 
words of social justice and self-reliance and the flight of foreign capital from Jamaica and how that ended up impacting the economy. The author regarded the deal with the IMF as a culprit, not Manly's visions or social programs and no resistance to the fact that these programs that brought the indebtedness and original crisis came before the need to involve the IMF. Actually, Manly was approved of in this article, which was actually based on a speech, by the way, because he was resisting the forces of evil sorry i'm sorry i think that people have their heart in the right place but i think i'm trying to say something with this video i saw this article referenced elsewhere on one of those pro-black people blogs from a writer in africa this is the type of rhetoric that leads to zimbabwe kicking out all the farmers i fully think there are cases of force especially with military intervention in foreign countries mostly by the united states so if it weren't done this way i don't know maybe that would happen but there's no mention of the citizens decisions or responsibility in the matter and I really wanted to juxtapose these two ways of looking at what's happened there tends to be truth in everything yes it's true there was slavery and colonization and class divisions and that they have had an influence on history no it is not true that that's why things are the way they are today because there are other factors at play there is a big jump in logic that is made over and over and over again. And I may be talking to the wind, but I ask people to please step back. One way of looking at things is very wishy-washy, dependent on the identity of the person, and assuming things about people's feelings, then assuming those things about people, which could be true, are an explanation for the current state of affairs. But the other, at least, does not have as much of a questionable and shifty grounding. Furthermore, I did a bit more research on Barbados. By the way, I have an aunt who lives there and uh, I've visited there twice. And the thing that I remember the most about there was that all the young people, this was in my teens, early teens, all the young people love to listen to dancehall music. <laughs> I just thought that was really interesting because it's like, well, did I really leave Jamaica or did I just go to some other version of it that's kind of different, but they do the same thing at all the parties. So I did some more research on Barbados and they are doing very well in comparison to other Caribbean countries, but their economy has declined in terms of GDP since then too. And that was 2002. And they are still not at the level of many first world countries if you look at their per capita GDP. But there are plenty of other places in the world other than the tip top that Barbados is doing very well in comparison to including non-black countries since they love to make this comparison. But here are very practical reasons for a difference in outcomes between two very similar countries who had similar starting points. I say practical because the other article contained mostly a worldview that they were trying to push. I believe that emotions are very healthy, particularly for individuals to figure out how to be at peace with them. But the sway of them when it comes to looking at these topics is clouding people's vision. This is true of anyone trying to figure out how to deal with social inequality because I believe most people want to help. It's a difference between something personal and subjective to figure out how things are and something objective. Now, when I was in school, no one really taught us about this. We learned about the Tainos, the Spanish, the British, the Maroons, slave rebellions, emancipation, all the other laborers from other countries who came, and independence, and basically the rich heritage of Jamaica and all the groups that contributed to it. But then they stop right there. When I took sociology, Jamaica was signing a new IMF deal with stricter regulations on Jamaica's economy. They decided where funding should be cut, some of which was in education. Now, that really sucked, and I remember feeling kind of angry and like not understanding why this was happening. But nobody really talked about why Jamaica was in this debt in the first place. 
Furthermore, that this was something that people wanted. They just weren't thinking far into the future or didn't understand the ramifications. I also was speaking with someone recently on the topic of debt and Puerto Rico came up due to the hurricane and that kind of stuff. And I said it was probably similar to the situation in Jamaica. I don't know if the people also voted away their future for free stuff, but there was an emphasis in this conversation on the suffering of the people, but none on the cause of the situation. There are also some pretty popular videos on debt and Jamaica on YouTube that puts no responsibility on the citizens. When Greece had its debt crisis, was it blamed on neocolonialism? No, because they don't have that automatic answer. Now, I'm not saying that the government does not sometimes act without the will of the people, but I also think that no one talks about how these countries come to be indebted in the first place, particularly democracies, which is through the vote. That led me to consider something even more fundamental. I began to think about democracy as a whole. So even if the majority is voting for something that is detrimental in the long term, it is the minority who really suffer because they are overwhelmed by the majority and also the children of both because they feel the consequences of something that they did not do. And I think democracy in one country may not work out the same in another country. You can't assume people can pay off debt when the human capital doesn't exist to pay it off and they are not productive enough. I used to think that literacy and education was a way for countries to change for the human capital to be built up first but there's a cultural aspect that lends itself to this for example people will pull their children out of school because they can't afford it or they want them to work and you'll say well solve this with free stuff free school etc but that's exactly what gets countries into these terrible situations in the first place and they have to do that because they have a lot of children and you can see where I'm going it's like a circle furthermore there is a biological aspect to this there are different mating patterns between different groups I'm not talking about the thing that a lot of people like to talk about who are really interested in these sorts of topics. Just looking at income levels and lifespan, it makes me ask, is there a growth trajectory that has to occur? Because if people are already receiving the benefits before going through that process of generating income and the human capital being built up before they have that level of wealth for a redistribution phase, I don't think that will work out. Now, I'm not arguing for government programs or government intervention in the economy. I know what I'm saying sounds a lot like Marxism, first capitalism, then socialism, then communism. Except it has never occurred organically, by the way. I'm really against those things in general, but assuming that I'm okay with that. Can you apply it to every society at every stage? A lot of people talk about places in Europe that make it work, socialism, but that won't work out the same in another country. Other than this, I think the biggest thing to consider is corruption, especially when it comes to crime, as I think apart from poor economic decisions, that is a major detractor for keeping people in the country in order to build up human capital, as well as having people from outside wanting to invest. And I think Jamaica is a very corrupt country, and I could make this about the government because it is, but that's pretty abstract. Corruption is about individual people and the choices that he or she makes. This also made me think about brain drain and immigration and how that hinders the building of human capital. And yeah, when I think about all these topics, you know, it kind of makes you want to go like, oh, your shoulders just kind of start to go down. But it's also engaging to think about on an intellectual level. But back to talking about the brain drain thing. Keeping in mind threshold and voting in a democracy, so would it make a difference if they stayed? I also think that you could say all you want, you should do this or that, but it won't make a difference if the incentives are not there. Until those incentives change, either external incentives for countries who accept immigration, which there is most likely to always be 
even though the countries themselves may change or internal incentives like the ones I've been talking about in this video people will go to wherever they can do their best whatever the emotional appeals people respond to incentives on a personal level I don't like the idea that where a person is born means they owe something to that place not to individual people or communities but to the nation state I really don't like that now to conclude even if it's true that people have debt that they did not actually sign up for either the minority in the vote or the children of the generation who did the voting if we always excuse what comes from bad decisions without the feedback from the consequence how does it change even when there are history books it seems to not be enough so that's what I had to say. Thank you for watching and listening. If you liked this video and found it informative, please subscribe and don't forget to go and donate at justthinkingoutloud.tv slash donate. Thank you again for watching. I will talk to you soon. Have a good day. Goodbye. I'm trying to speak and enunciate a bit more in my videos so that it's easier to understand my accent. Also, it's just like stuff I want to say at the end of the video. I had to look up the words non-tradables and Dutch disease. I didn't know what those were. Um, I think I kind of got a grasp of them. Also, to be honest with you guys, I'm really stressed out right now. I barely have time to really focus on making videos, but I really want to. Um, thank you for all your comments from my last video. They were really nice. I know I already said that, but they were really nice. And I hope to keep making videos for you guys and for myself. I think I'm finished. Uh, I want to start over. <laughs> Cause I messed it up. Okay, I'm gonna start over. Starting over. I'm starting over. Yeah, yeah. I just made that song up. <laughs> and it sounded kinda nice. <laughs> I think that oh my god why am I bra showing Shaman why oh